Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Daily Delights podcast. I am your host, Chef Kristen, and today we'll be talking about cooking for survival. So it's been on my mind, you know, a lot lately that most people don't know how to cook for survival. You know, it's one thing to cook, you know, and hold yourself through like a storm, you know, a quick little power outage until, you know, your local, you know, utility services cut back on. And then it's another thing to, you know, be prepared to cook for um, with no power for days, weeks, months. You know, like the perfect example, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, the fact that, you know, these hurricanes hit, you know, Florida was down for a while. And I actually had like some chef friends who, you know, they were kind of posting on Instagram and, you know, their social medias and, you know, just even talking to them and, you know, hey, there's no food even in the grocery store. And then once food started being available in the grocery store, it was like literally like the bare minimum. It was like beyond slim pickings, you know, and, you know, even like Puerto Rico, like some some places still do not have, you know, the I guess amenities that we take for granted on a daily basis and you know I started kind of thinking like how is it that you know if lord forbid I was to be in a situation like that you know how would I be able to cook like I cook on a daily basis but I'm so used to having an oven or you know even the commercial ovens a home oven a stove you know these just modern conveniences that we're so adapted to you know what would I do if I were to not have those amenities any longer um so that's kind of how we got to today's topic of cooking for survival. So, you know, some of these tips or must-haves are, you know, things you know already, things you've been told by, you know, family members, things you've been told as you were growing up, you know, when you're preparing for, you know, a, a snowstorm or a flood or hurricane or, you know, just a bad storm, whatever the case may be, you know, you have your basic, basic staples, you know, everybody always says, go to the grocery store, get, you know, milk and bread and eggs. And, you know, you can kind of pretty much do whatever from there and, you know, grab your toilet paper, that type of thing. But, you know, past that, like no one ever really discusses what exactly is a necessity. Like, what do you need in a time of, you know, dire, you know, in a time of crisis? So, you know, just kind of going in with the tips, you know, canned food and, you know, non-perishable foods is always a big thing. We all know that, you know, but I've actually learned, you know, in my research that it's actually a good idea to collect recipes, you know, just kind of when you're looking through recipes to figure out what you're going to do for dinner or maybe it's, you know, hey, I have a party that I'm doing and I'm looking at recipes for this or maybe it's a picnic or it's summertime or whatever the case may be. When you're just kind of going through or even just sitting at home thinking about food and you want to just add some recipes that you haven't tried before or that, you know, you want to try, whatever the case may be, when you're looking at recipes, start collecting collecting some that you can use for, you know, times of in crisis, you know, when you think that you wouldn't need it, you know, I guess, you know, sometimes we could be in a stalemate or literally it's so much other stuff going on from, you know, what do we think that the lights are going to be cut on? If you have kids, making sure you have kids, you know, that are okay. If you have elderly people in your family, making sure they're all right and they're safe. It's so many things that go on our mind. So you might be at a stalemate or you might just literally be, you're not, your mind is going a mile a minute where to the fact that you're numb. You know, when it comes to, okay, we need to eat. What do we eat? So, you know, start collecting recipes that use canned food items or non-perishable items. 
and just kind of keep them stashed away somewhere even if you literally keep them stashed in your cabinet or cupboard whatever you like to call it where your canned goods are keep it there make sure of course when you're I know I mean I know a lot of people that literally just get canned goods for you know just that time of you know hey a storm's coming or I I heard this is gonna happen let's stock up on canned goods but you also have to make sure and be aware that you know you're keeping your things up to date and that they flow properly like in the kitchen or in the uh, food service industry we have something called FIFO which stands for first in first out so whatever you put in first is the first to come out you know same thing when they're stocking groceries or whatever in the market the older product is in the front the newer is in the back so that way you're rotating everything properly so you don't have it all mixed up and then when you go to use the product then you know it's gone bad or it's you know gone sour you know it's spoiled basically you know another tip that i found you know quite interesting was you know to they call for you to stock up on plastic utensils and bowls and plates which i actually found kind of interesting because you know Usually you think, okay, well, I have, you know, my plates and my cups and whatnot in my cupboard and my pantry that I can use already. But, you know, clearly when it's a crisis like that, you need to be able to conserve all of the water that you can. And so, you know, although it's great to have, you know, water on stock for, you know, being able to wash dishes and that type of thing. You also don't want to, you know, if they say the power might be out or, you know, things might be tight for a week or so and then it ends up being really 14 days or something like that you don't want to waste that precious commodity of water on something as simple as washing dishes when you can be using it to you know bathe or brush your teeth or even use the restroom I mean as bad as it sounds you know it is what it is these are things that happen things that people really have to deal with um and so That was kind of intriguing to me because I'd never really thought of the aspect of, hey, like, okay, well, things are even, you know, our eco-friendly, you know, listeners out there, I'm sure you can find they have, you know, the biodegradable spoons and forks and, you know, you the disposable, you know, utensils and small wares, you know, that you can use because, again, you know, it's just easier that way even for sanitation purposes you know again you don't want to just keep stocking plates and piling them up and then because again you don't even if you're using the water to wash your dishes you don't want to have to wash every single dish after the use again you're wasting water you don't have a sink it's you know it's not any flowing water or anything like that so nine times out of ten if it gets to that point you'll have to kind of stack your dishes up and kind of wait until you know I guess you're in dire need of dishes to wash them again to be able to use them and so you know What you don't want is to attract bugs and animals and everything else because that's a whole nother issue and a whole nother ballgame. So, you know, that was just kind of eye-opening to me. And then, of course, make sure you have a can opener. You know, we say stock up on canned goods and this, that, and the other, but then it's like, okay, well, make sure I've literally been to people's homes and they don't have an an old-fashioned can opener. One of those, you know, you're cranking it with your hand. You're turning the little... Uh, you know, knob at the top. A lot of people have switched over to literally everything is, you know, we're in that day and age of we want everything right now, instant gratification, modern convenience, you know, if we wanted to be able to do it for us, do it quickly, do it, you know, how we want it done, that type of thing. So even, you know, something as simple as a can opener, like if it's electric, obviously you can't use it. So you might want to be able to get a good old fashioned, even whether it be the plastic ones, the metal one, whatever, but a 
can opener that you can use by hand. You know, uh, also try to purchase canned juices, um, stocks and broths that are in cans, sealed fruit snacks. Um, you know, they actually say wait until like the very last minute to be able to purchase your fruits and vegetables. It's when you're getting them fresh because of course you know if you purchase them beforehand and then again you're not if it comes to a point where just like you know our friends in Puerto Rico sadly that are kind of literally like just sitting there on pins and needles and you know waiting until everything is back to what their normalcy is you know now again your fruits and whatnot and vegetables have spoiled and literally like again you're attracting bugs and animals that type of thing um but yeah, just kind of stock up on things that don't need to be held or storage, stored in a refrigerator. And so one of the other things I found interesting is, you know, you can get canned sauces. You can get, I mean, I'm sorry, bottled or, you know, jarred sauces or stocks, that type of thing. I'm almost there. You know, so we sort of touched on it briefly, you know, the importance of water. But obviously, you want to get a lot of water. You know, the bare minimum, they say, and this is, like, actually provided by, like, the FDA and Red Cross. Believe it or not, as much flack as we give them, sometimes they actually do have good, substantial information that they do provide. Um, They say that the bare minimum is a gallon of water a day per family member. So, literally, if you got a house full of five, you got at least leave five gallons for one day like so literally stock up on as much water as you can you know again because you'll need the water for cooking you'll need it for drinking you'll need it for washing you'll need it for literally any and everything it is that we use water for on a daily basis um i'm sorry you know and make sure that they also tell you to make sure that you keep or get enough supplies at least for a week or two you know they used to tell you you know at least three to four days before Katrina hit but once um, Hurricane Katrina hit and you know the people of Louisiana were affected clearly so you know and that was like a whole devastation going on over there you know they kind of switched it over to saying like hey you all need to make sure that you're stocked for about a week or two because you know you don't you never know what can happen and sad to say our government does not always give us the aid that we need when we need it so you know just to kind of preserve and you know I guess you know at at that point it's survival of the fittest you know to make sure that you and your family are okay make sure that you at least keep on hand at least a week or two worth of supplies you know just again just in case you know rescue team isn't able to get to you when you need them to power isn't restored the when it needs to be you know if it's a snowstorm or you know a blizzard that type of thing in case they haven't cleared out the snow you know when they need to you never know you know if you have any perishable items in the fridge you definitely need to use or eat them within the first two hours of the power outage you know, otherwise, of course, you know, they need to be thrown out because, as we all know, stuff gets spoiled. So, after the first two hours, and they say the first two hours because, um, I guess, in the food industry, they tell you that you can only hold food. The maximum is four for four hours, and it has to be at a consistent temperature. And it definitely cannot fall, you know, below a certain temperature or go above a certain temperature. So, and that's in a controlled, um, I guess, environment. 
Whereas if there's no power outage, your refrigerator temperature is going to be consistently dropping anyway because there's no power source. And so with the fact of, you know, there's no power source and food cannot be kept at the same temperature because the temperature is going to continue to be dropping. You know, they say that literally that two hour window is all you have. So if you have food and you want it and you can get in there and you can cook it up or eat it before that two hour window is gone, do so. If not, definitely throw it out. Uh, keep the refrigerator closed. Uh, you know, I know literally in my family, we've when we've had, um, I'm from Maryland, so literally we've had, you know, hurricanes or blizzards or, you know, bad tropical storms or whatever, and the power gets knocked out. They tell you, you know, growing up as a kid, keep the refrigerator closed. Don't go in there unless you absolutely need it. You know, that's true because you want to be able to keep the refrigerator cool as long as you can like i said because there's no power source it's definitely going it's naturally going to drop in temperature regardless it's just like if you go in home depot Lowe's, somewhere like that you're going and you're checking out refrigerators it's not plugged in it's clearly not going to be cold you know that's it's just common sense so you know if you can keep the refrigerator closed for as long as you can you don't need to necessarily go in the refrigerator anyway because again if you haven't gotten it whatever you needed out within that two hour time frame just leave it shut leave it alone if you've thrown everything out just let the refrigerator be because at that point it's not doing you any justices it's of no service to you if you have a grill or any type of anything that you can use to be able to cook without a uh, oven or stove definitely do so outside one for safety purposes especially if it's a gas grill or you know that type of thing you cannot be in an enclosed environment trying to do so you will pass out you will you know get carbon dioxide poison you will hurt yourself more than you would do yourself any good so certainly go outside and definitely do so within daylight hours you know cook as much as you can during the day when you have that natural source of light you know, also you can cook using dinner packets for easy cleanup and easy cooking. And what I mean by dinner packets is, I mean, literally like they call them like uh, campfire cooking, that type of thing where literally you take a piece of aluminum foil. And I know it was a fad. Like, I mean, literally I would see like the ads and, the, you know, people post their videos on Facebook. I know that um, for a little minute anyway, um, Cracker Barrel was actually selling dinners as such. You literally just take your aluminum foil, you put, you know, your meat, your vegetables, whatever, your whole meal in the aluminum foil, and then you cook it in the oven or on the grill, whatever your heat source is, and, you know, the whole meal is in the oven. So that way, once you're done, one, you know, the aluminum foil is going to kind of cook it a little bit faster. Um, And then also, two... It'll be easier cleanup. Everything is in the aluminum foil. The aluminum foil is disposable. And especially, again, in times like this, in times of crisis where you don't have our modern conveniences, something like that is going to be, it's going to be like almost like a miracle of godsend, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, So now we're going to be talking about your cooking sources and makeshift ovens or stoves. So you already mentioned, you know, your gas barbecue grill. Again, that you are going to, well, pretty much literally I say I advise any makeshift, you know, ovens or stove, any cooking source, especially in this situation, take it outside and use it and keep it as far away from your home as possible. Even like I know literally people have heard for years, um, 
for like Thanksgiving and you know Christmas time around the holidays when people want to fry these turkeys deep fry them and it's been so many incidents especially you know I would hear about it all the time as a kid my mom would, um, used to work for the fire department and literally like you would hear all the time as a kid like oh okay a house caught on fire because someone was trying to deep fry a turkey and the deep fryer like one they weren't using the proper deep fryer or they didn't you know they had too much oil in it or whatever the case may be and you know they were doing it too close to the house and you know the oil the hot oil you know caught on something on the house and you know it was a whole huge fire same thing in this instance right whatever your cooking source is be able to do it as far away from your home as possible to, you know, deter any situation like that. And then also they always tell you, um, your local fire department will tell you, along with having smoke detectors, smoke detectors, I'm sorry, they usually advise for you to be able to have some sort of like a, um, I cannot even, fire extinguisher. Um, literally, I have one in my home. I was raised with one in my home. Like, literally, I've, thank God I've never had to use them. I've had an electrical fire in my home as I was, you know, as a, when I was younger. Um, but again, that was electrical fire. It wasn't something that could easily be put out. Um, but again, you never know how one could come in handy and when you may need to use it. So that's also a great investment um, to go ahead and get for your home as well. And, you know, just for basic safety measures and precautions um you know just go ahead and get a fire extinguisher so that if something is to happen you can do your best to be able to you know put the fire out and you know be able to have control over the situation before it gets out of your control you have to bring someone else in or you know you literally have lost everything you know just throwing that out there but again gas barbecue they have the um, butane gas camp stoves or like um literally like if you've ever gone to a brunch or if you've ever gone to like somewhere that has like an omelet station or kind of like a chef on site but it's not necessarily a kitchen where they have like the um it's almost like a little it's literally a can of butane and you put it in and it's um has like a little pie a gas pilot it starts up and everything like that but it's literally like a um i cannot even think of what it's called sorry y'all like a stovetop is what I'm trying to say. So you can cook with one of those as well. And then obviously a charcoal barbecue that works for everyone. Good old charcoal barbecue. You can create a wood stove using, you know, some rocks, pile them up. They say about three to four layers of the rocks being piled up. Take a flat rock and then you do about uh, three more rocks and then you do a flat rock on top of that and so underneath the first flat rock is where you're going to actually build your fire and then your food cooks on the first flat uh flat rock another source um that you can use for cooking would be an open fire a good old camp campfire is exactly what i'm talking about do not use a wood burning fireplace if you have one I can't stress it enough do not use any of these cooking sources or cooking methods in your actual home don't use them near your home like just go out a few feet away from your house and you know do what you got to do but do not I've heard so many horror stories behind people trying to use their fireplace because they say oh okay well instead of trying to do a campfire I can literally put the logs in the fireplace get that going and cook in there 
definitely not a good idea. It's way too many. Just the same way when you, if you have a wood burning fireplace, you know that usually you put a lack for lack of a better term, you put a gate up in front of the uh, fireplace. So that way, you know, the smoldering um, flames and the cinder that comes out of your fireplace. So that way it doesn't hop out of the fireplace and get caught onto something whereas though it's flammable and now you have a full-blown fire so you cannot use the fireplace as an open fire it's just not gonna work so moving on solar ovens which i did not even know was a thing but they do exist you can buy them at like your local um i forget what the name um like I guess anywhere where you can get like um, camping. I know back in the day, like Sunny's surplus was a thing. I'm probably telling my age. Some of you can relate, but um, that was a store. I don't even know if they have them anymore. I don't think so. But you could literally go in and get like all your camping supplies, that type of thing. Anywhere where you can get camping supplies, you can grab a solar oven. I don't know the pricing. I don't know how expensive or inexpensive they are, but I would much rather use other things that are readily available for me or to me than to actually go out and purchase some of these other things these solar ovens some people just already have some on hand because again they're avid you know trailblazers and you know that type of thing so and then also it's important to use the appropriate pots and pans you know cooking utensils for whatever it is that is going to be your cooking source also make sure that you have matches and lighters plenty of matches and lighters on hand uh so going back to our trailblazers and, you know, our hikers and all that other good stuff, you know, some of these other um, cooking sources would be good for you. You probably already know how to do so. You probably already have some on hand, you know, it goes out to the survivalists out that are out there, you know, a lot of them, or if you're just ready and open to trying new or more better advanced techniques, Again, practice, practice, practice. If you don't know how to do it or you don't know how to do it, you've never done it, you know, that type of thing. But you can do, um, they have, if you go on, you know, Google or some of these websites out there that you may or may not know of, you can, um, they'll show you how to make makeshift grills. They'll show you how to do, um, you know, open fires a certain way. You know, you can also, if you feel comfortable on a good old fashion, good old fashioned age old you know on the spick you know of course if you watch like you know those medieval movies or you know you know anything about the medieval time age or whatever and how you know they would take the pig or whatever it is they were cooking and put it on a spick and they would kind of rotate it to kind of I guess cook it evenly and it would be you know whatever they were cooking would be rotating over an open fire that technique you could use if you feel free I mean you know if you're up to it they also have something, you know, or a technique, I should say, called an earthing oven or an earth earth oven. I'm sorry. So basically what that is, is you kind of just build a pit. You start a fire, like clearly a contained fire, but you start a fire and kind of just start to cover it up. Let it smolder a little bit. Let it kind of start to die down. But then, you know, you kind of open the pit up you obviously have your food covered or whatever but then you kind of put your food into the ground and the heat from the ground or the earth will kind of slow cook whatever it is that you need cooked it takes a long time but it gets the job done also you know kind of to preserve your food you can learn how to dehydrate your own food so um 
literally they call it like sun baking so you can take whatever it is that you want to dehydrate put it on a sheet pan or put it on whatever aluminum foil whatever and literally let it just sit out in the sun and bake and get dried out like obviously that's all dehydrated food is it's just dried out food you know if you're one of those eager beavers out there and you like to stay readily prepared then and you don't want to do the sunning method or sun uh use the sun to dehydrate your food you don't want to use that method which is usually honestly the most natural way um they have you can google it there's an actual technique where you can um dehydrate your food using your oven again obviously that would be in preparation for something you know an event where you would need to cook for survival or cook out of necessity uh but you know because you wouldn't have use of your oven and that type you know in that sort of situation so it would have to be done prior to but again if you're you know into that type of thing they definitely have techniques out there to be able to dehydrate your food using the oven and then last but not least another um heating or cooking source will be a coffee can stove so that's like you literally would do it like a good old scout eagle scout girl scout boy scout you know a survivalist you know that type of thing like literally you can take a can and you can literally you can youtube it you can google it you can bing it whatever search engine you like to use and literally um you like poke holes in the can and you kind of create a fire under it and you can kind of they have them like they're so advanced where you can create them and you'll have like ventilation and then some will have you like cut a hole on the side of the can and have a tube coming out of that you can kind of feed the fire that way and people really kind of get into it but literally you can use a can coffee can whatever type of can that you choose and make a stove that way you know kind of boiling down to the end one final tip i want to kind of stress on everyone is try to stick with canned items as opposed to like jarred or boxed items you know because in case of you know a scenario like a flood they can become you know more prone to bacteria because it's a box you know obviously water can seep into it nutrients can seep out of it same thing with a jar even if it's sealed tightly water is water like you know it can kind of seep into that jar slowly and due to something like a flood where there's you know the bot you know water is not i mean water can be stagnant but for the most part in a flood water isn't really stagnant so you have all types of bacteria and germs coming from places that you wouldn't think of whether it be a swamp or a lake or literally from people not being able to use the bathroom properly or you know flush the toilet like you would need to there is no plumbing so you know that type of thing you don't know what's flowing through that water so the last thing you want is for it to be you know in your food that you're trying to eat and you know that age of whoa you can boil the water boil it you know until it's healthy and boil the bacteria out of it blah 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 literally you have to boil water to extreme temperatures and then allow for it to cool down to be able to do things like that um and literally you just don't necessarily have that type of time you don't have that type of i guess um so I'm not how am I trying to say it 
you can't afford to be sick. Like you literally, especially in that time of year, you already have people going into the hospital for other situations. The last thing you want to do is go into the hospital because you have botulism or whatever, because you literally out of ignorance. And I mean like the literal term or definition of ignorance of just for a lack of not knowing that, okay, eating this jarred item or eating food from this box item or whatever the case might not be good for me. Oh, okay, it was just water. You can drain it out. You can eat it anyway. No, that's not a good, good idea at all. Stay clear from it. Same thing with cans. Again, that's why it's important to do that first in, first out. Um, stick to that principle and be able to rotate everything properly because you don't want cans to rust. You don't want, you know, the rust from the can to get into your food. And again, it's botulism. There's all types of foodborne illness illnesses that you can contract from, you know, not making sure that you keep your food properly, basically. Um, and so with that being said, Thank you again for taking time out of your day to listen and tune into the Daily Delights podcast. Thank you for listening to me and what I have to say. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Daily Delights. That is O-U-R-D-A-I-L-Y-D-E-L-I-G-H-T-S. Our Daily Delights. Also, feel free to tune in. You can listen in on any podcast platform and you can search us as Daily Delights. Um, I know that sometimes you can find a lot of podcasts that have the same name or similar names, you know, similar keywords, whatever the case may be. Um, But literally the actual picture or the, you know, backdrop that'll come up or the profile pic, whatever terminology you want to use that comes up for ours is literally a turquoise backdrop and it has hashtag daily delights hashtag chef Kristen. doesn't get any easier than that um literally like i said you can find us on any podcast platform or if you like to listen on the web you don't have a plat uh platform that you listen to podcasts on or you're not familiar with like the ipodcast um app then you can go to anchor anchor fm um, and look us up there. Just look up Chef Kristen or the actual website. The direct link is anchor.fm forward slash, I'm sorry, Chef hyphen Kristen. That is anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash Chef, C-H-E-F hyphen K-H-R-Y-S-T-Y-N. Definitely tune back in every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. And that is Eastern Standard Time. Again, I said I'm in Maryland. So that is uh, stand Eastern Standard Time for us. So you tune in every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Look forward to hearing some of you all's feedback. Hopefully this has helped you. Again, thank you so much for tuning in especially to our loyal listeners, for those of you all who will become loyal listeners, and even to our first-time listeners. I appreciate you all. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to listen to what I have to say, and I appreciate the fact that you do so. You all have a great week. Talk to you soon.